No statements made during the Growing Your Wealth radio show shall constitute tax, legal, or accounting advice. You should consult your own legal or tax professional on your individual information. Brian Evans of Madrona Financial Services is licensed to offer investment advisory services through Madrona Financial Services, LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisor. Insurance products are offered through Madrona Insurance Services, LLC, a licensed insurance agency and an affiliate of Madrona Financial Services. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. Investors cannot invest directly into indexes. No investment strategy, including asset allocation or diversification, guarantees a profit or guarantees the avoidance of loss. Financial planning is an important tool that does not guarantee specific outcomes. When it comes to investing, retirement, and legacy planning, the decisions you make today can greatly impact the quality of life for both you and your loved ones tomorrow. What you need is straight, unbiased information on the most important issues you'll face when planning for your financial future. Good news. You found the Growing Your Wealth radio show with Brian Evans. Brian is the founder of Madrona Financial Services, and with his background as a CPA, he brings a unique perspective to the investment and financial planning world. He follows the philosophy rooted in his tax experience of, it's not what you make, but what you keep. And this focus on tax-smart investment strategies is all part of the fully integrated planning strategy known as the Madrona Bundle of Services. You'll hear Brian's thoughts on everything impacting your portfolio, from income to taxes, and from growth opportunities to long-term security. This is your source of comprehensive financial information. You'll soon understand why they call it the Madrona Difference. So get ready for an hour full of the most comprehensive financial information on the radio. And welcome to Growing Your Wealth with Brian Evans. Thank you so much. Welcome to Growing Your Wealth radio show that gives you the straight talk and honest answers about how to invest better, live better, retire better, and give better. We have some valuable information for you during this coming hour that could change your financial life for the better. My name is Jeff Shade. I'm just here to ask the questions, but the words of wisdom and solid advice come from the expert Brian Evans, CEO of Madrona Financial Services and Bauer Evans CPAs. How you doing today, Brian? Doing great. Thanks, Jeff. I am so glad to hear that. I hope our listeners are doing well today, too. Glad everybody could join us. Another fine show lined up for us today, Brian. And we are approaching 300 Growing Your Wealth shows, and all of them have been great. Well, (laughs) let me put it this way. Most all of them have been great. A lot of them have been good, but we really, I don't think I've had any clunkers whatsoever because we keep changing and growing as the information changes and grows. And Brian, I would imagine that financial planning is maybe a little bit different, correct me if I'm wrong, than it was maybe six and a half, seven years ago than we started. Yeah, I think uh, it certainly is. And, and certainly the product availability and quality has shifted over that time. I mean, back then, you know, maybe bonds were, were a good idea and no one's ever heard of a DST or premium finance, fixing the universal life or whatever. And I've been getting some comments on the show lately, all, all very positive. And, and the, the one that keeps repeating is that, you know, I'm trying to turn on other shows, but it kind of seems to me they're just trying to sell me a product for an hour and every week week, it kind of is this exact same message with a little different order. You know, one of them just says, you got to hate the stock market. You got to protect what you have. You No other answer than my annuity. And, you know, the next one's, oh, we're, we have some super special, you know, stock picking timing program, which no one ever's done. And it seems to be product driven and sales driven. And there's no real education going on. There's no message other than I need to convince you to purchase what I sell. And I 
I think that comes across. I listen to some shows, and some are better than others, of course, but some are, <laughs> frankly, terrible, yeah. uh, you know, because it's like, okay, you're going to try and sell me an annuity for another hour here and try and convince me that I should hate the market. And we're going to talk about the markets later today as a long-term investment and why they can be a very, very good thing and I would think would be a cornerstone of anybody's portfolio. I'll never speak bad about the markets as a whole or annuities as a whole or real estate as a whole because they all can play a component in a proper financial plan. And that's something I don't think people were really thinking about as much five, 10 years ago. Yeah, talking about the other shows, Brian, I have heard those as well, too. And I think that when you have to hard sell something over and over again, generally you lose your credibility because I think if something is good, it's going to pretty much sell itself. It's like automobiles. I mean, there are some automobile companies who don't do a lot of advertising because their product just speaks for itself. And I think that the products that you have here at Padrona Financial Services and Bauer Evans CPAs pretty much speak for themselves. You've been doing this for a lot of years now. And, you know, this show really tells rather than sells. Is that the tact that you take when people who come in to you for a financial plan, do you educate them as much as sell them or do you just really educate them and don't sell them at all? I really appreciate you bringing that up because in my financial planning meetings, I'll put together a plan with a whole bunch of different topics in it. I call them placeholders so that we can have the discussion because they'll go, oh, are you recommending this? I'm like, no. I'm putting it in here so we can discuss it. We can educate together on it. I'll explain the pros and the cons. And then what's going to happen is at the end, we'll have talked about lots of different things. Maybe it's not that meeting. Maybe it's a second meeting or third meeting, whatever. But we'll have talked about them. And I am going to then find out kind of where you're at on this. I mean, because you're going to look at this list of different options that we have, and you're not going to like one or two of them. And you're going to love one or two of them. But I've just met you. I don't know which ones yet. That's why we're going to discuss it, and I'm going to get a sense of your interest. So if you come to my Ford car lot, and I want to sell a truck, and you're a little old lady, and (laughs) you just want a compact car, I shouldn't walk you over to the trucks and convince you she needs a a Ford F-350 Cummins diesel. Yeah. I should let her indicate her interest to me. I go, oh, okay, you want to come over here. I don't know what the Ford is anymore. It's not the Escort. I used to have an Escort. But that's the process of finding out what is best for that person, not leading them to a particular product. And that kind of hits it on the head right there. I have all of the products. I've got the passive real estate and the life insurance as an investment, you know, income tax-free investment strategies, stock market. I got it all. I'm agnostic as to which one the client picks but I just want them to have a proper plan so they, when we, we choose what they're going to be in, it's something they understand that they want, that fits, and they threw out the stuff that doesn't. So if someone is worried about being sold, you're not going to get it here at Madrona Financial Services. And as you said, you lay out all of the options, you explain the options, but it really sounds like the client is the one that is in charge here. Is that about right? That is right. I mean, if they say, you know, I don't really like that, uh, whatever it is, maybe the annuity. Uh, sounds kind of boring. Yeah, they are kind of boring. Well, I like really risky stuff that moves all the time. Well, then let's take annuities off the shelf. We put them to the side. We're not going to do one. Oh, I can do that? Well, yeah, I just want to talk about it. And then the next meeting I have is, can you please get me something that allows me to sleep at night? I might live a long time. My mom's 101 and I need some cash for the rest of my life. I want to be secure. I just hate watching the market. Well, let's grab those annuities and put them back in. You know, it's, It depends on what they're looking for. And, and no 
one's right and no one's wrong. That's part of the discussion we had. Find out about what it is that works for you. So, you know, I want everybody to sleep at night. I want everybody to have a great retirement. I want everybody to have growth, security, cash flow, liquidity, and low taxes. But how we get there may be different for each person. Brian, if someone wants something that you know maybe isn't necessarily right for them, and let's pick an extreme example, maybe somebody who doesn't have a lot of assets, they've got enough, but they want to throw everything into the stock market. They want to put all their eggs into one basket. It sounds like that they can do that, but do they do that, let's say, against doctor's advice? And you kind of let them know that, right? Well, I would give my advice, but it is their money. And so that can happen where someone comes in and goes, I want it all in the market. And I look at their portfolio and go, oh, okay, well, you have a great pension. Your stuff is paid off. You know, you you have millions and millions of dollars. Okay, that's fine because they're going to be fine because they're they're not dipping into it every you know every moment to live on and that's that's where you can get into trouble with all market investments and I would explain that and people are very reasonable and you know, typically they want my advice too but it's my advice it's not my directive it is right. their money and so they get to influence that greatly as to what it what we end up doing Brian I have heard from other people who have gone to other financial planners and it kind of works this way sometimes is where the planner sits down with them and says, okay, now what do we have to do to get you to come with my firm? Transfer your money to my firm, assets under management here, and then we'll decide what to do for you. It's sort of the cart before the horse. You work a little bit differently, don't you? Yeah, I do. I mean, I, I could do that. And I think if people trust, you know, after listening to my show, maybe over the years, they, they trust that. And that has happened on occasion. They, they'll call and say, look, I've been listening to you for years. You know your stuff. I feel like you're very trustworthy, very knowledgeable. I know you can help us. So I, I want to move my money to you and, and we'll go from there. And I, Okay, well, we'll start moving the money, but I'll start working on that plan. And so you know, we still want to do that before I ever invest it. But they may have already made that decision. But most people don't operate that way. Maybe they're talking to me and maybe one or two other uh, advisory firms. I don't know why, but you know, just teasing, Jeff. <laughs> yeah. uh, but uh, you know, maybe they're talking to, to somebody else and they kind of want to hear uh, a little more detail and see it. And so that's why we do these free financial plans. And with the placeholders in there, they oh, I see how those work together. Oh, so if I do this annuity, I can take Social Security early. And then at age 70, the annuity kicks in and there's my raise and I got eight, eight years of payment. Oh, you know, they start seeing these strategies strategies and right. how things work together. And they, oh, I've never seen these before. And boy, I love that DST and that tax-free stuff. How come no one else tell me about this? You know, so uh, <laughs> those are fun meetings. But, you know, so it, it comes out there. So that's generally how it goes. But uh, I have had the other. Oh, when you go to the doctor, sometimes you get a diagnosis and you want a second opinion. And I know that people do bring you financial plans that other planners have done. Do you ever look at a financial plan and go, you know, this is really not too bad at all? And you tell them, look, I think you're doing pretty well. I might be able to do a little bit better for you, but I think you're okay the way you are. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I've had those discussions before. Often it's not just financial plan. It might be just, you know, they have done a really good job with their investments. Maybe they have uh, real estate and, and a good stock market portfolio and, and they're doing just fine. In those cases, though, often they move it just because, well, I, I know I'm doing fine, but I'm also you know 81 years old and my wife is 75 and she's not interested in this stuff or vice versa. And I just want somebody kind of at the helm in case something happens. So sometimes it's just to have our services and it's not just for the investments. So here's the other thing, Jeff. A lot of times people do not come to us because they think we're going to find a better stock market than they found 
or mm-hmm. you know they, they might come to us because you know I, they say well I, I do all my research I pick my stocks but I can't buy an annuity they can't directly because they're not a financial advisor they can't buy a DST they can't buy the tax-free FIULs there's a lot of products that you have to go through an advisor to even get access to so that's one reason some people move over but another is look I want to have help with my estate planning my trust planning and, and my tax planning and uh, as it relates to my real estate my business my you know insurance products and stock market and, and when to sell and Roth conversions I can't get that anywhere else I can only get it from Madrona and Bauer Evans so that's why I'm coming over to you and so that that's often the the outcome too so there's a lot of reasons why someone would would move money other than they think you know I have the best stock market in the world yeah we know that there's only one stock market you don't have a special sauce neither does anybody else have a special financial sauce but I think one of the great competitive advantages and we've talked about this before on the show is that with this particular firm you also get the expertise of Bauer Evans CPAs I mean you've got wealth advisors and CPAs that are working together and we all know that taxes are a major part of any financial plan and along with health insurance probably the biggest expense that you'll face in retirement and in the future once again if you would like a comprehensive, no cost, no obligation financial plan, whether it's your first plan or you want a second opinion, again, you can get that by calling 844-MADRONA, 844-M-A-D-R-O-N-A, as we say every week. You can also go out to the website. We would highly encourage you to do that. Check out the firm at madronafinancial.com. Peruse the educational materials there, and and then if you decide that you want that plan, you can either call 844-MADRONA or you can email us from the website. We'll be happy to help you. You're listening to Growing Your Wealth with Brian Evans of Madrona Financial Services and Bauer Evans CPAs. We'll take a quick break. Be right back with more of our show after this. Growing Your Wealth with Brian Evans will be right back with even more ways to help you stay focused on your retirement goals. The news of the day sounds bleak. Schools are canceled, travel plans have been canceled, sports are canceled. But good news, your retirement has not been canceled. At Madrona Financial Services, we are focused on the big picture and don't engage in fear-based decision-making. We know this too shall pass, and the future will hold tremendous opportunity. But you need to make sure your nest egg is safe from market volatility today because you don't get a second chance at retirement. If you're unsure about the safety of your retirement income or your exposure to market volatility, you must take action today. Start by registering for our complimentary webinar, Keep Calm and Retire On, available now by registering at madronafinancial.com. We'll explain what's happening in the financial world and discuss strategies you can put in place to help your portfolio weather this storm. Don't make decisions based on fear and misinformation. It's time to be confident in your financial team and retirement strategy. Register for our complimentary webinar, Keep Calm and Retire On, available now at madronafinancial.com. That's M-A-D-R-O-N-A financial.com. In today's fast-paced world, we're used to having information at our fingertips. And when you're trying to research something, more information is always better, especially when it comes to retirement planning. That's why Brian Evans, founder of Madrona Financial Services, has made his 2020 edition of the Little Red Book of Retirement available for free. You can get your free copy by visiting madronafinancial.com. The 2020 edition of the Little Red Book of Retirement covers the basics of retirement planning. Brian shares his thoughts on investing, taxes, estate planning, lifestyle, and more. As a CPA and investment advisor, Brian has the knowledge to help make your retirement planning process manageable. Brian has also been a featured speaker on CNBC and Fox Business. The 2020 edition of the Little Red Book of Retirement will give you a thorough analysis from an expert. Madrona Financial offers beneficial information to properly prepare for retirement. Get your free copy of the 2020 edition of the Little Red Book of Retirement by visiting madronafinancial.com. 
That's madronafinancial.com. Tired of getting only half the story? We've got you covered with the most comprehensive financial information on the radio. You're listening to Growing Your Wealth with your host, Brian Evans. Now, here's Brian. Welcome back to the show. I'm Brian Evans, CEO of Madrona Financial Services and Bauer Evans CPAs. And in this segment, we're going to be talking about fear of the market. And Brian, 2020 has been quite the year. I'll just put it at that. A lot of things have happened. Many of them not so good. It's been an experience, not necessarily a good one. But we have all great hopes for 2021. Of course, the market is always volatile, maybe a little more volatile here in 2020. So I want to ask you the question, do you get clients in who say, you know what, I just don't want anything to do with this market. I'm just going to sit on the sidelines. I mean, is there really a fear of the market, not only for what's happened in 2020, but also maybe what might happen in 2021? Yeah, I mean, there's there's a couple kinds of fears that I want to talk about. One is just fear of the market in general. It makes them cringe thinking about being in the stock market. And maybe deservedly so, because some people that have ever been in the market watch it all day long. It dominates their life. They watch it at night. They do calculations. They have spreadsheets. They have all this stuff. They know every time the market goes down, they feel like somebody broke into their house and found the jewelry box and grabbed some of it and ran. I mean, this is the mentality. The next time they broke in, they they stole your wallet. And You know, they feel like losses are permanent and gains are paper, paper gains, but losses Mm -hmm. are real. And if that's the case, don't be in the market. (laughs) That is no way to live. There is that mentality out there. There's also the other one that basically they want to get in, get out, get in, get out, get in, get out, as if we somehow have some program, you know, an app that, you know, tells us, you know, in the future every day what the market's going to do. And we just hit the app and buy or sell the whole thing based on that. Well, if I had that app for a month, I'd be the richest person in the world. (laughs) So that app doesn't exist. So we really can't do that. Uh, Stock market investing has to be a longer term, you know, unless you're a day trader and you think you got it figured out. And most of them do have it figured out until they don't. And then they took some gambles they shouldn't have. And bad things happen. Otherwise, you know what? We'd all be day trading. Right. <laughs> that worked all the time. So again, that that's no way to invest either. Well, getting in and out of the market, as we've discussed before in this program, usually is not a good strategy. The stock market, I mean, if you get into the stock market, if you begin to invest in the stock market historically, hasn't that always been beneficial to do it for the long term? If you're not in the market for 10 years, shouldn't be in for 10 minutes, something like that? Pretty much. I mean, I think about a a person I was talking to who was checking out the firm and I remember her saying, this came out of her mouth. She says, I'm super conservative and I can't stand the markets, but for some reason, I decided to put it into my 401k. I, I bought the stock market and I've been in it for three years and, and I'm just really kicking myself. I, I don't like the market. I said, well, but I'm looking at it, your statement. You're up, you know, whatever, 70%. I know, but I really probably should have just been in cash that whole time. I was like, wait a second. You're mad at yourself for being up 70%. Uh, Okay. I didn't know how to respond to that, Jeff. I mean, you won. It's like, yeah, yeah, you don't go back and go, "Ah, I wish I'd lost. You know, I I, honestly, I didn't know how to respond, but that is a a mentality. (laughs) Even when things are good, people won't give themselves credit. Because for whatever reason, and and they they may not want to be in the market ever. So again, that that person maybe needs an annuity or something else other than the market because they're not even happy when they're up. 
Can you imagine if the stock market were like marriage? I mean, you go into this, you go, well, maybe not for the long term. I'll go into it, then I'll come back out. I'll go back into it. It just doesn't work that way, does it? No, and you're talking about a break. I was mentioning a a discussion I had with a couple, and and she's very conservative and and worries a lot about the investments, and he's not. And we had a pretty good comedy session there going when, when I was talking to him about how, think of the market like your marriage. Now, if you have an argument with your husband, you're kind of mad at him because he didn't take out the garbage uh, for a couple days, you probably don't just divorce him and get out of the marriage. And if you're in the stock market and he has a couple bad days, you probably don't just sell everything out of the stock market and wait till things are good to get back in. And so with a marriage, you're going to have some bad days. You're going to have some arguments. But over the long haul, you think that the good is going to outweigh the bad, and you stick it out. You write it out. And you know it's not always going to be the best thing ever. Same analogy with the stock market. You know it's going to be good in the long term. You remember when it, the Dow was 1,000 or 2,000 or you know 5,000, and now it's you know above 25,000. You know it goes up over time. You know every time it crashed, it recovered. You know it crashed in 87 and recovered. You know it crashed in 2000 through 2002 and it recovered. You know it crashed in 08. It recovered. You know it crashed post-COVID. It recovered. It does recover. So if you know (laughs) that the good is going to outweigh the bad, you can be in the market and you actually could be uh, marry somebody too, probably. Uh, But we got a chuckle out of that. Yeah. And uh, it was funny. We were doing a Zoom meeting. It was after five and and, uh, he was having a beer also. And he came up. I got another one. Just have a beer. Don't worry about it. It's okay. That's right. Marriage is like the market and just have another beer. That's so, it. okay, we got two things to get us <laughs> through this. But I thought it was kind of a funny way to, uh, a funny analogy that uh, actually it sounded funny coming out of my mouth, but in the end, actually, it wasn't that bad. Yeah, no, it's it's a it's a good strategy there. I think there should be stock market vows and sickness and in health, you know, till death do us part for richer, for poorer. We're going to stick this thing out, you know. But, you know, you've really got to go into the stock market, you know, for the long term, I think, and make some educated decisions there. And, you know, don't let fear drive your investment decisions. We've talked about that in the past. Have you run into people, Brian, who come into your office who are so fearful that they've been out of the market for a year or two? They've just been on the sidelines or even longer? Uh, How about 20 years? Oh, my gosh. Uh, Yeah. I had an account that he put in cash because he was worried about the market back uh, after the dot-com crash. And so, okay, we'll put in cash. We'll get it back in, you know, at some point here. And I tried over the years, and he can't do it. He can't pull the trigger. He just Hmm. couldn't do it. And... No part of it, in fact, just couldn't do it. And so, you know, certainly the missed opportunity was, you know, he would have had way more for his retirement now had he even done a just a diversified portfolio into something. But he's earned essentially nothing for close to 20 years. And so that's, you know, that's too bad. And there are people that, you know, I had another conversation this last week and he was trying to time the market and he did. And he said, yeah, the market dropped post-COVID. I got out, went to cash, it recovered and I was still in cash. And that's why I'm talking to you, Brian, because I don't know what the heck I'm doing. 
okay, if we just left it, you would have been a lot better off, obviously, because we know things recover. And he, you know, the human nature is it drops, get out. Oh, it's back up, get back in. And obviously that is the opposite of what you're supposed to do. Brian, the last 10 years have been pretty good in the market. And this person who sat on the sidelines for 20 years, I would imagine that they certainly have given up a lot of gains had they been in the market for those past 20 years. Even though the market has recently been very, very volatile. I mean, if you've been in the market for the last 10 years, you probably have made some pretty good gains, right? I would think so. And and let's expand that. If you've been in the market, and you've owned a house and you've owned uh, investment real estate and you've had an annuity that you know got to a point where it could pay you cash flow for life and you just participated in whatever, your life is a whole lot better than you could have envisioned it 10 years ago, potentially, uh, financially, if you did all those things. And it can be very life-changing. People that thought they were going to have to scrimp and save like their grandparents, all of a sudden they're getting to retirement going, well, you know, I have two and a half million dollars put in my retirement plans and my rentals and and my other investments. And I never in my lifetime thought I would have two and a half million dollars. I wasn't a doctor or or an attorney or anything like that. I wasn't a professional athlete. I was just a regular worker and my spouse was just a regular worker. And here we are with two and a half million dollars. And this is now what we expected. So now that we're thinking about retirement, should we put it all into cash? And I said, well, how old are you? And I was 60. And well, are you dying? You're like, well, no, I, I think I can live to 90. Well, that sounds like a 30-year profile there. So I'm not going to put you all in cash when I got a 30-year profile to take care of. That won't get you there. And they go, oh, right, I'm not dying tomorrow. If I was dying in a year, maybe I'd go to cash. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, if you're 89, maybe, but you're 60. And so uh, I got a plan for a long time. So that's why we use some of these different tools in our toolbox to provide for growth, liquidity, cash flow, security security, tax advantages, all those different things. But no one product does all five of those things. So we have to mix and match different products. Brian, if someone is planning for retirement, would you suggest, I mean, is it a good idea to maybe secure income in retirement before you invest in the stock market? Or should you just go ahead and, you know, invest a certain portion in the stock market and take care of income at the same time? Yeah, I think definitely income in that scenario, because I've never met anybody that says, I don't want any income in retirement. (laughs) But people with lots of income in retirement may say, I don't really want to take a lot of risks. I don't really want the market. Okay. But yeah, again, I've I've never met anybody that says, I don't want income. I don't want to spend money. I I want to live like a miser and leave my kids a maximum amount of the money I earned during my lifetime. So I'm just going to be a miser and eat like I did in college um, and uh, just do that. Yeah, most people don't do that. So yeah, the cornerstone of a retirement plan is income, cash flow in retirement. And that is how we use the FIULs and the fixed index annuities and so forth, along with pensions, social security planning, all of that. But yeah, definitely income in retirement is a cornerstone of a good retirement plan. And you know, paying off your debt as, as can be another cornerstone. There's a lot of stones in the, in the cornerstones in this building the right structure here, but income is certainly one of them. So secure your income first, invest the rest. And my wife and I were talking, you know, 
know, she was talking to our son and he said, well, I've got all these stocks and things. And I explained to them both, listen, those are equities. You don't live off your stocks. Those are assets. People don't live off assets. They live off income. And those stocks are fine and dandy, but they don't produce any money until you sell them. So again, if you have questions about the stock market, the volatile stock market, your asset allocation, financial plan in general, again, we invite you to contact us here at Padrona Financial Services. No cost, no obligation at all for that financial plan. Entirely free. 844-MADRONA is that number. 844-M-A-D-R-O-N-A. You can also request your plan online by going out to the website madronafinancial.com and emailing us from there. Thank you so much for joining us here on this fine weekend in November. We're going to take a quick break. Be right back with more of our show after this. Stay tuned for more Growing Your Wealth with Brian Evans, the show you can't afford to miss. This is Brian Evans, president of Madrona Financial Services. Change always was and always will be a constant part of the financial markets. And as long as there's change, it's natural for human emotions to kick in. We want our clients to save their emotions for the important things in life, their families and their dreams. We'll manage through changes like we always have from experience. We believe on focusing on the important parts of your investment portfolio, looking at the valuations and the asset allocations, how they align with where you need to be from a security standpoint, a cash flow standpoint, or a tax standpoint. Just know that when it comes to managing your portfolio, we'll check our emotions at the door and rely on experience to be our guide. Give us a call at Madrona Financial Services today at 844-MADRONA. That's 844-M-A-D-R-O-N-A or visit us online at madronafinancial.com. Many people are experiencing unexpected job loss and find themselves in uncharted waters. From some of the largest employers in our area laying off employees to the smallest having to close their doors, this is impacting many of us and our neighbors. Losing a job is hard enough, but with the added stress of what to do with your 401k or other employer-sponsored plans, it can feel overwhelming. At Madrona Financial Services, we are here to help bring clarity, direction, and strategy to your financial world. Our staff of wealth managers and CPAs can answer your questions and provide the type of guidance these times require. You can start by scheduling a complimentary phone call or virtual meeting so we can discuss your personal situation and how we may be able to help. There are important financial considerations when it comes to certain employer-sponsored plans. We'll help explain your options so you can avoid any unnecessary penalties or taxes. Schedule your complimentary meeting today at 844-MADRONA or online at madronafinancial.com. madronafinancial.com That's M-A-D-R-O-N-A financial.com. You can't build a house with just one tool, and you can't plan for retirement without an integrated, comprehensive strategy. If you want to get more information on the Madrona bundle of services, call Madrona Financial Services at 844-MADRONA or go to madronafinancial.com. Now, back to more of Growing Your Wealth with Brian Evans. Welcome back to the show. I'm Brian Evans, CEO of Madrona Financial Services and Bauer Evans CPAs. And in this segment, we're going to be talking about opportunity zones. And Brian, in past years, we talked about opportunity zones. We haven't talked about them for a little while, but I want to talk about them again a little bit here and refresh people's memories. First of all, I understand that they were part of the 2017 Tax Cuts and Jobs Act. Yeah, they were part of that. And basically, there were a whole bunch of zones created, picked by governors of states, They had to have certain figures as far as people below a poverty line and that kind of thing, income, whatever. But they were based upon census data from 2010. And so now we're, you know, 2020 and and beyond here, we're saying, well, okay, a lot of these opportunity zones might be in areas that 
recovered or gentrified right. or something else. But yeah, there were 8,700 based upon data available in 2010. That's right. And as you said, a lot of things have changed since then. What was maybe an underdeveloped area in 2010 could be different by 2017 when this act was created and then certainly here by 2020. So the opportunity zones could be located in areas that have been up and coming, but there are a lot of areas that are not up and coming that are covered by opportunity zones. And as you said, there are OZs in all 50 states and even in the territory of Puerto Rico. So what constitutes an opportunity zone? What are these opportunities? Yeah, the zones, I would definitely say that a vast majority of them will not have any investment relative to an opportunity zone offering. Because you think about it, the investment companies that are going to do something there, whether it's a business or more likely some kind of real estate investment, they're not going to probably go to, I I hate to even pick an area, but let's say North Dakota where the oil industry dried up in a particular area. They're not going to say, well, here's a great place to put a 300-unit Class A apartment complex 50 miles you know, south of Bismarck or whatever. They're not going to do that. They're going to say, well, let's go to where the, we think the growth is going to be. You know, we see Nashville growing or Austin or, oh, what the Pearl District of Portland's an opportunity zone. Well, maybe not Portland anymore. <laughs> That's, right. I used to use that example. I'm going to take that one out of my repertoire. <laughs> They're not going to want to go to Portland anymore. They're not going to want to go to Seattle anymore. Not like they did six months ago. And so, you know, so they're going to go to areas that were already on their way on the upswing because they want to have a good return on investment to their their investors. They're not going to go and just be 100% altruistic and say, I'm going to pick the worst spots in the United States and I'm going to build really nice stuff there. They're just... That's not what's happening. So, yeah, there's 8,700 zones, but only a handful of them actually have opportunity zone funds with activity within them. Okay, so the opportunity zone, again, these are underdeveloped areas in all 50 states, including Puerto Rico, that could use a little bit of help. And as we said, some of those have already begun to be on the upswing. So as an investor, you do have the opportunity to invest in opportunity zones that are already on the upswing. And again, the, the whole idea, I understand, Tax Cuts and Jobs Act, it really involves both of those aspects. It, you know, creates some jobs uh, for areas that didn't have jobs, but there are also some tax cuts. And as an investor, why would you be interested in investing in an opportunity zone? What are the benefits? Yeah, it's, it's not everybody that's going to be able to do this because the only money you can actually invest into an opportunity zone, and this is a very critical piece, is capital gains from the sale of something within the last 180 days. So if Mm. you say, well, I got 100 grand in the bank, I think I'll put it in there. Nope, you can't invest that in the opportunity zone. Well, I I had a gain uh, last year, can I put that money in? No, more than 180 days ago. And so there's only, you again, you can only put capital gains. So you have to have sold something in the last six months to even consider putting money into an opportunity zone. And so what is it that I could have sold? Well, you could have sold real estate, but we're going to talk about real estate in a minute and why a DST might likely or generally would be a better alternative. You could have sold stock, highly appreciated stock. Okay, well, that's a possibility. Maybe you have Amazon, Microsoft, something like that, or just a long-term hold stock. Uh, mutual funds or ETFs uh, could be your business. It can even be jewelry. It could be appreciated artwork. It could be appreciated collectible cars. 
Uh, yes, there are some that actually go up in value, Jeff. Right. <laughs> <As we've laughs> on the show before. Yeah, we've talked but, about that uh, before. Yeah, but uh, it, it has to be a capital gain, and so any of those could be eligible for an opportunity zone, just the gain part, for an opportunity zone investment. Okay, so some people may say, okay, this is socially conscious investing. I'm going to be investing in these areas and helping them, you know, build these uh, buildings and, you know, create these businesses and give potential entrepreneurs an opportunity to build a business there and help them with that. But as an investor, I mean, goodwill is great. We all want to do that. But what would be the benefits for me to invest in an opportunity zone? So one of the benefits is that, and, and it can, this can this is a two-edged sword here, that you don't have to pay your capital gains on whatever you put in at that point in time. Mm-hmm. But you do have to pay that capital gains in six or seven years. So I'm not sure that's a good thing. In fact, I would contend that's probably a bad thing because I think eventually capital gains rates could go up. And so if they go up, you just volunteered, even though you got the time value of money for six or seven years, you just volunteered a higher income taxes on that gain of whatever it is you sold. Now, the advantage to it is though, that you now placed money into this investment And over time, let's say it goes up in value, you will never pay income tax on the sale of that investment. It's like it was in a Roth all of a sudden. Mm -hmm. So even though you you sell something, you have a gain, you're going to pay the tax on that in the relatively near future. But whatever your new investment is into this opportunity zone investment, whatever it goes up in value over your lifetime, you don't pay income tax on it. You get that one tax free. So that's the benefit to the opportunity zone. Now, people listening to this say, you know, this Opportunity Zone sounds interesting. I want to take a little bit further look at this. I think it's important to know that you cannot invest directly into a business in an Opportunity Zone. There is a middle person or a middle organization, and that is a qualified Opportunity Fund, which in turn invests into the Opportunity Zone. So what is a qualified Opportunity Fund? And I imagine there are a lot of them out there, right? Well, there are a number of them out there, not as many as you might think, because, again, not a lot of people at the end of the analysis go, yeah, that's perfect for me. I want to still pay the tax on my gains, but I want to tie up my money. you got to tie up your money for at least 10 years. Right, right. That's one of the rubs here, and they're like, oh, you mean I sold my whatever it was, a business for $2 million and and I want to put a million of it into an opportunity zone? I can't touch that million for at least 10 years? That's right. Oh, okay, well, maybe that's not what I really want. And so, you know, and you have to love the investment. And so the opportunity fund that's created is not a check-the-box thing to set up an opportunity zone fund. you got to do a massive prospectus and, right. and have all this these hoops and stuff. You know, I wouldn't even attempt one. I'm a pretty smart guy. I wouldn't mm-hmm. try to create an opportunity zone fund because they're so complex, the, the rules around them, that it would be just kind of prohibitively expensive. Now, does it really help the communities? Well, perhaps. I mean, one example would be, let's say I wanted to build a self-storage in Everett. I would not build it across the street in the building we're at uh, on Bond Street there. I would build it four blocks up because I, Bond Street is not in an opportunity zone, but four blocks away is an opportunity zone. So I might try and find a lot up there to build it on instead of the lot that I'm on because I'd be more likely to attract 
an investor in something that could potentially be tax-free down the road instead of if we built it on Bond Street, they're going to have taxable income if it appreciates over time when it's eventually sold. Well, as they say in real estate, location, 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 very important, and especially when it comes to an opportunity zone investment. You were talking about the Qualified Opportunity Fund, and I think you were alluding to the fact that you could set up your own Qualified Opportunity Fund. And when these uh, Opportunity Zones first came out, I mean, the paperwork to do it was about one page. Now it's just, it, you know, it's pages and pages of information. So Qualified Opportunity Fund, you have to invest in that before you can invest in an Opportunity Zone. And when you really look at some of these funds, that are already existing out there. Some of these people are just collecting money and then deciding what to do with it once they get that money. If someone is interested in a qualified opportunity zone investment, do you know how well these have done? Have they really, uh, really accomplished what we had hoped that they would have accomplished when this whole thing began? Well, you're never really going to know how how they've done because they're long, long long-term investments and they was just created. So we don't have any track history. There is no full cycle. They're probably akin to more of a, a REIT kind of investment because... Most of them are invested in real estate. And so I I did want to bring up the the concept of, well, okay, I'm selling my real estate. Why wouldn't I just put that into an opportunity zone? Well, opportunity zones are a long-term hold. And DSTs, Delaware Statutory Trusts, are also a long-term hold. The difference between them is if you have, let's say you paid $100,000 for a rental house and you sell it for a million one and you got a million dollar gain. Well, you can put that million dollars into the opportunity zone and let's say seven years from now or six years from now, whatever it is, that the capital gains got stripped away and our ordinary income tax rate is 40%. Well, in six years, you're going to have to write a check for $400,000. And you got your money tied up in an opportunity zone and you can't touch it for years to come because then it would be taxable and you don't get your tax break. Conversely, had you done that in a DST, the million, the million one into a DST, then you would never pay the income tax. If you kept doing DST, you get a step up in basis under the current law. So it's it's a, a function of trying to eliminate the, the income tax instead of volunteering it at a higher rate in six years. Now, one of the advantages of an opportunity zone, let's flip that example around. You sell it for a million one, but your cost basis is 500000 Well, you could put the $600,000 gain into the opportunity zone and keep the $500,000 principal and not pay tax on that currently, but you're still going to pay the tax in the future. A DST, you got to really pretty much reinvest the entire amount to defer the tax and potentially eliminate it with a step-up in basis. So I probably lost half my audience here, but uh, <laughs> it is complicated. And that's yeah. why we have to go through all the implications of, of all of this together. You probably don't have any other advisor that's that you can go to in the Puget Sound that's going to say, oh yeah, I know the ins and outs of OZs and DSTs and how they you know relate to your income taxes and future tax rates and all that stuff. We can have that conversation with you. So that's kind of more of the point here. Once again, if you have questions about OZs or Delaware Statutory Trusts or really anything about your finances and you want that complimentary financial plan, the number to call 844-MADRONA. That's 844-M-A-D-R-O-N-A. You can also request your plan online by going to our website, madronafinancial.com, and emailing us from there. You're listening to Growing Your Wealth with Brian Evans. We'll be right back with more of our show after this. Discussing the financial issues that matter most to you. We'll be right back with more Growing Your Wealth with Brian Evans. 
Time for today's edition of Growing Your Wealth, presented by Madrona Financial. Here's Brian Evans. Today I want to ask the question, what is risk tolerance when it comes to financial planning? That's a term that's passed around quite a bit. Okay, what's your risk tolerance? Well, I'll give you some real life examples on some conversations I've had. People will say, well, you know, when the market's up, I'd like to take a lot of risk. And I say, what about when it's down? Oh, not so much. I'm like, okay, well, that doesn't count because I understand that anybody has high risk tolerance when the market is up 20, 25, 30%. Then they're all in. Yeah, I'd like to take risk when the market's way up. But what about when it's down 20, 25, 30%? And if your answer is, well, no, I couldn't accept that. Well, then now we're actually talking about your true risk tolerance. So that terminology is not talking about how much can you handle on the upside. It's talking about how much can you handle on the downside. Now, there's different ways to obviously plan around that. If you put all your money in the stock market, well, you're taking substantial downside risk. We know that the stock market one third of all years in the last hundred years has done poorly. Half the time it's done quite well above 11%. So you got lots of highs and lots of lows. Then you can start mixing different kinds of investments in there to start muting some of the downside risk. So when you're putting together an investment portfolio for someone, we're looking at the downside risk aspect of this. How much can you handle on the down? Again, we know you can handle any on the upside, but how much on the down? Putting things together to make that work is what a good financial planner should be doing for you. And that was Growing Your Wealth with Brian Evans. Madrona Financial. Investments, retirement, taxes, and legacy. MadronaFinancial.com. Get your free copy of Brian's latest book, The Complete Book of Retirement. It covers everything from the basics of retirement planning to passive real estate investing. Arm yourself with information and take control of your retirement. Call Madrona Financial Services today at 844-MADRONA for your free copy or visit MadronaFinancial.com. Do you ever worry if your CPA and financial advisor are on the same page? You won't have to if you call Madrona Financial Services at 844-MADRONA or visit them at madronafinancial.com. Now, back to Growing Your Wealth with Brian Evans. Welcome back to the show. I'm Brian Evans, CEO of Madrona Financial Services and Bauer Evans CPAs. And in this segment, we're going to be talking about what truly goes into a real comprehensive financial plan. And Brian, as we say every week, our listeners do have the chance to get a comprehensive financial plan. So as you said, I want to talk about what is involved. What are all the ingredients in this comprehensive financial plan? So let's first off talk about step number one. And I would imagine that's probably trying to figure out what your lifestyle is going to be in retirement. Well, actually, there's a step before that. Uh, okay. A couple. And, and one of those steps is you have to decide that you want one. <laughs> Who wouldn't want one? Uh, If you don't let us know, you want one. And it's surprising how many people are reticent about getting one. They think we're going to go, oh, this is all you have? This is all you save? This is how much you spend? No, we don't operate that way. Kind of like going to your doctor. It's like, geez, how many Twinkies did you eat? You know, they're not going to say stuff like that. They will give you advice, though. You know, it would be best for your health if you lose some weight. It would be best for your financial health if you work an extra year or two. Whatever it is, we have to break the news about, but, you know, we're not going to judge anybody. So a lot of people are worried. I I can't tell you how many people come in and they're worried about judgment, that we're going to somehow say, you should have been smarter. You should have done something different. You should have bought Microsoft in 1986. You should have, you should have, should have, should have. And that's not what we do. It's okay. This is what you have. This is what we're working with. Let's see what we can do with what you have and help you out. That's the only thing that really matters. And there's a step before that too. The Hmm. step before that is you weren't supposed to be doing all this high level financial planning in your twenties and thirties and forties 
priorities. You were supposed to make money and, and raise your family, whatever you're doing, and do the best you can and have lots of lots of stuff for us to work on now. And that's your part. And then there, there comes a point where you go, huh, maybe I should start thinking about how to have a strategy to best use the assets I've accumulated. So if if it didn't go well for you financially during all those years and you come to me, and, and I've had this, people say, yeah, I want to retire in a year. Okay, but I owe 500000 on my house. I got some student loans to pay off. I got 100000 in my IRA and we spend one fifty a year. Okay, well... <laughs> I got to break some bad news to you. Uh, we're gonna, you know, if I were to do this plan, it wouldn't work out. So first off, we got to you know figure out how to get more assets put away and debt pay down, whatever it is. So I need something to work with. I can't build a house without wood and nails and tools. And so the the wood and nails is a 401k plan. It's real estate. It's debt being paid down. It's something to work with. And that's why we have a $500,000 minimum here. So we can say, okay, we got something to work with here. And we feel like we can help with. And so I think the first steps, obviously, again, are, are having something to work with and then making the decision that you want some kind of a plan and a strategy going forward. And Brian, when people get into retirement, is it often a mistake that they make when they say, well, I'm only going to need 60, 80 percent of what I made when I was working? Well, that's a very good question because we actually have those on our input sheet. We ask a lot of questions, and one of them is, how much are your living expenses now? And then the next question is, how much do you want them to be in retirement? And I get three kinds of answers. I get the, well, we're going to spend 75% of what we did because we're not going to be driving as much and buying you know, suits for work or whatever it is. Most people say, well, I expect my standard living would be the same. I'm going to spend the same. And then there's a number of people that say, well, while I was working, I never had time to have any fun. And when I'm retired, I want to travel. I want to buy gifts for my grandkids. I want to do fun things. And they might say, well, I'm living on 75000 a year. I want uh, 125000 a year in retirement. Like, okay. So we plug those numbers in and increase them for inflation to see, does this work? And very often it does. And they're like, oh, well, so uh, how do I get there? And then, then we continue with the process. So lifestyle, you figure out what your outgo is, your budget needs. Then next, I would imagine, is figuring out what your income needs are going to be. So you've got a certain amount of income, probably, you know, with Social Security, some guaranteed income. But then you got to take a look at those assets and figure out how you can turn those into income. Is that right? Yeah. Well, then I got to look at, we have a couple pages of the plan that will detail the income flows for the rest of your life from all the different sources, whether they're fixed index annuities, social security, pensions, installment contracts, whatever it is. And so we have to see what is the money that's going to be coming in because the next two pages are going to analyze the money going out, both graphically and in number format. You know, we're going to be figuring out what your living expenses are, what your income taxes are going to be in the future, what your required minimum distributions are going to do to your income taxes in the future, mortgage payoff, maybe five years from now you're going to buy an RV for 200 grand. So we'll plug that in there. So we can actually be pretty granular and analyze the inflows and the outflows, you know, leaving the stock market on the side for the moment and seeing what these, you know, left out rentals, you know, or DSTs or, you know, that, that kind of thing is rental income as another inflow thing that provides cash flow in retirement. So we, we will do an analysis of that because we do have to solve for that before we solve for anything else. So once you've done the outgo, you figure up the income, then comes asset allocation. Do you do what-if scenarios insofar as, uh, you know, where, if we put the money here, this may be what would happen here, and if we put the money over here? I mean, do you really do a comprehensive asset allocation spreadsheet? 
Oh yeah, yeah, and we look at the different tools and how they work differently. And and you know, my old joke I always use is, you know, my job here is to make sure each of you two, husband and wife, are equally dissatisfied with whatever <laughs> we come up with. And back to that, marriage is like a the stock market. You're gonna have some rough times, but in the long haul, it's you, you hope it's gonna be a good thing, so you don't just get in and get out of it. We were having that discussion, and and I assured the wife, who was more conservative here, that that's why we did the fixed index annuity. That's why we did the fixed index universal life that contractually have floors of zero. And I turned to him, you know, I said, if it, it was up to your husband and I, all we'd be doing is buying the NASDAQ. We'd just be buying tech stocks because he wants to go for it. Right. And so we're kind of splitting your portfolio. Some of it's invested in risk assets, such as uh, real estate and stocks. And the other half is in the other, the the safe investments, the fixed index annuities, fixed index universal life for you. So we're doing both. We're using multiple tools to accomplish different goals of the two people I might be talking to. I would imagine that health insurance is a big category here in these financial plans as well. If someone is retiring before the age of 65, I mean, health insurance is a big concern at the age of 65. Of course, you can get Medicare. So how do you handle health insurance needs and trying to figure out what those would be in these plans? Yeah, they say that, uh, you know, they, they are living on 75000 a year, for instance, and uh, we might have a new category of 20000 a year or whatever it is for health insurance until they reach age 65. So we'll just plug that in as, a, as a, an expense for a particular period of years. Brian, do you often find that people neglect or just forget about, I think, one of the most important things in a plan, and that is taxes, tax mitigation strategies. I mean, we think over the long term, taxes are certainly going to go up. So how do you handle that? Well, definitely. Since most advisors are not CPAs, you know, a vast majority of them, and they're not really allowed to talk taxes. So yeah, that's often not talked about. And so I hope to get to people before they're retiring because it's hard to do a tax saving investment strategy if you're coming in to see me and you're already, you know, 68 years old. There's not much I can do for you unless it's a DST or something of that nature, then sure I can. But I certainly have some really good tax free, permanently tax free income for retirement if you're under age 55. If you are under age 55 or know somebody under age 55 who makes over 100000 a year, please have them see me. I have something that would just really blow them away that they could look at. And it would deliver tax-free income in retirement that, you know, we don't know what the rates are going to be. What if they're 50%? What if they're 70%? And you're sitting there with this thing paying you and you don't pay any income tax on it and they're pay- it's paying out every month. You're going, man, that was a good move. If we think that's possible happening, let's do something about it now. Don't wait 15 years and then go, what was that thing you were talking about 15 years ago on the radio, Brian? Well, you wouldn't be talking to me. I'll probably be, you know, very semi-retired. But one of my other advisors, they'll go, well, your time period kind of passed on that. Uh, You were 50 when you heard the message. Now you're 65. I think he said if you're under 55 and you're not under 55 anymore. Oh, yeah, you're right. So to do the best stuff, you got to get in now. Maybe you're listening. Well, I should have come in three years ago. Well, you didn't. Okay, (laughs) let's get by that. The best time to start your financial planning is, is now. And the second best time would have been three years ago, but we don't have that. So let's just stick with the best time. It's right now. 
Brian, a little short on time in this particular segment. Once again, I want to recap this. Lifestyle is part of this comprehensive financial plan. Also, budget needs, outco, income needs, asset allocation, health insurance, taxes. And the last one that we didn't talk about really is going to be legacy, and that is designing a legacy plan that will take care of those people, those heirs that you leave behind, and of course, tax mitigation strategies as far as that goes. Once again, if you want a comprehensive financial plan with the advisors here at Madrona Financial Services, you're welcome to call. Call 844-MADRONA, 844-M-A-D-R-O-N-A. Once again, the website, madronafinancial.com. Check that out and email us from there. Brian, as I said, short on time this week. want to thank everybody for listening to us and have a great weekend. We'll talk to you again next week with another edition of Growing Your Wealth. This is Brian Evans, founder of Madrona Financial Services and Bauer Evans CPA and host of the Growing Your Wealth radio show. If you're close to or in retirement and don't have a tax plan, get one. It could mean hundreds of thousands of dollars throughout your retirement. Our country has been spending like never before, and that tax bill is coming. At Madrona Financial Services, we help build tax strategies into retirement and investment plans designed for you to help keep more of your gains. Take action and call us at 844-MADRONA to schedule a retirement tax analysis today. That's 844-MADRONA. After World War II, taxes reached 90% and were as high as 70% in the 80s. Don't be caught off guard. You can retire right and on your terms. Call to schedule a virtual or in-person review. Our number is 844-MADRONA. That's 844-M-A-D-R-O-N-A. Or visit us online at madronafinancial.com. That's madronafinancial.com. Many people are experiencing unexpected job loss and find themselves in uncharted waters. From some of the largest employers in our area laying off employees to the smallest having to close their doors. This is impacting many of us and our neighbors. Losing a job is hard enough, but with the added stress of what to do with your 401k or other employer-sponsored plans, it can feel overwhelming. At Madrona Financial Services, we are here to help bring clarity, direction, and strategy to your financial world. Our staff of wealth managers and CPAs can answer your questions and provide the type of guidance these times require. You can start by scheduling a complimentary phone call or virtual meeting so we can discuss your personal situation and how we may be able to help. There are important financial considerations when it comes to certain employer-sponsored plans. We'll help explain your options so you can avoid any unnecessary penalties or taxes. Schedule your complimentary meeting today at 844-MADRONA or online at madronafinancial.com. madronafinancial.com That's M-A-D-R-O-N-A financial dot com.